Would you rather have a live son or a dead daughter? Or is that a horseshit question made up by doctors so they can get your daughter hopped up on testosterone? Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. I was listening to the Wired Science Podcast this morning. It was about gender-affirming medical care and it helps mental health, but does it save lives? And it's a woke podcast. And so it was broken down into three parts, like the politics, the science, and then a bunch of straw manning. And so the podcast, you know, it's, it's, it's woke. Wired Magazine got woke, just, just like when everyone got woke. But I just, I have this hope that, you know, on this subject, maybe they'd have some data. Like, you know, that's all I care about. I'll listen to a totally woke thing if they give me some numbers. But so they started off with the politics, and so Republican state legislatures across the country are thinking about banning puberty blockers and hormone replacement therapy for, uh, you know, depends. Sometimes for anyone under 18, sometimes just for kids under 13, who knows. Depends on the state, depends on the law. And anyways, according to Wired, that's racist. That's racist against trans people. And then the second part, they're like, you know, there's barely any science on this, but there's a few people that have done papers on whether or not letting your kid um, go on testosterone or whatever, um, you know, does it prevent them from committing suicide? So that's the idea. You're killing trans kids if you don't let them go on various drugs because they will kill themselves, you know, so, you know, dead is dead. You know, you'd rather have an alive son than a dead daughter or whatever. And so, you know, woke podcaster or not, you know, like, give me the numbers. Like, you know, I'll take I'll take numbers from a woke podcast. Give me the data, give me the statistics. And I think for the whole segment about how not letting your kids transition, I don't think they provided a single number. What they said was, there's only a few scientists who have studied, you know, does given your... 10-year-old girl testosterone, does that prevent her from committing suicide? Like, there's only a few scientists have studied that, and we asked them, do you think it prevents suicide? And all the scientists agree, hell yeah, it prevents suicide. But anyways, that's not data. That doesn't prove anything. Um, it could be that the scientists who looked into it and found out that it didn't prevent suicide kept their mouths shut because they didn't want to get fired. So, I mean, you know, basically, we don't know. We don't know. I mean, that, that that's my guess. Well, in fact, let me put it that way. I know that if a scientist found the wrong answer on this, they would never publish that paper because people would uh, try and get them fired. So either it does help prevent suicides or all the evidence that it doesn't help prevent suicides is being suppressed. We don't know. I mean, it's the same thing as global warming and, you know, Black Lives Matter and just whatever, all sorts of things that are scientific but also political. Either the scientists are telling you the truth, or the ones who know the real truth are keeping their mouths shut, and so you don't know. You don't know what the truth is. I mean, quickly, the answer is Black Lives Matter has caused the murder of thousands of black people, and global warming is real. But you get the idea. But so one thing they mentioned, and I think they're right. So first off, you gotta know, you know, they didn't break it down, you know, trans girls versus trans boys, you know, girls trying to be boys and girls and boys trying to be girls. They didn't break it down by that, because I think you get wildly different results but they mentioned that um a lot of times you give people drugs and they had depression before and their depression goes away and so i'm pretty sure that if you give a person testosterone if you give a depressed person testosterone all of a sudden they feel like they're on the top of the world they could do anything 
and their depression goes away. So, you know, they, you know, they need to break it down like that. I, you know, I'm sure if you give a 12 year old girl as much, you know, more testosterone than Arnold Schwarzenegger gets in his heyday, uh, yeah, she's going to feel great. Whatever depression she had is going to be gone. Anyways, the people who study this and the Wired Magazine article are not breaking down that aspect. You know, it's like giving someone uppers. You know, it's like, if you're depressed today and I give you some methamphetamine, all of a sudden you're going to say, I feel great. And then we don't know. Ten years later, are you a meth addict with no teeth or was, was that just a fine thing to do? And then the last part of the episode... I don't know, they're doing like maybe the straw man logical fallacy or the red herring. Anyways, they ended up with just this long list. I wish I could remember all the things. But they were like, if, you know, if you think that a good study, like, a, you know, a highly controlled, randomized study to determine whether or not hormone blockers and puberty enhancers stop kids from killing themselves, then you're just like a person who said that cigarettes don't kill people and we don't you know but there's no proof that cigarettes kill people or that you know aids aids is a disease that gay people have they gave a bunch of other other examples i can't remember you know it's like you know what you were standing in the way of seat belts anyways basically you're racist against trans so if you're trying to pass a i guess that was kind of the bookends the bookends were if you're trying to pass a law about giving drugs to kids then you're racist against trans and if you don't believe these studies that don't prove anything, then you're also racist against trans. I think in Oregon, where I live, they're trying to pass a law where kids can go get their drugs, their transgender drugs, um, without telling their parents. I mean, basically, because the parents might try and stop them, and then, you know, that parent is racist against trans. I think Washington, the state of Washington, might be doing that too. I think California's thinking about it. This makes me think, there's a, there's a YouTuber that I... I don't watch a lot of her, but sometimes I watch her. But there was a, she was a, whatever, she detransitioned. She was a girl who became a boy, and then she went back to being a girl. And I think if you look up, I can't remember her name, but if you look up detransition on YouTube, you probably find her pretty quick. But the answer is she's in her early 20s. She's smoking hot. I mean, she just looks like a girl, although she has a short, you know, page boy haircut or something. And... Her voice is super low because she was on testosterone for a long time. So basically, it's like a smoking hot 22-year-old white girl with uh, the voice of James Earl Jones. And she makes videos saying how she wasn't really happy with taking testosterone all that time. You know, I think it, it started making her go bald a little bit, like uh, male pattern baldness. Like she really obsesses over her hair and her voice and she hates her voice and whatever. I'm a piece of shit. This is what I do on the internet. But I watched a few videos of her, and she's so smoking hot, and she makes so many videos. I was like, are, they, are there naked pictures of this girl on the internet? And the answer was, yes, there was. I think she has an OnlyFans that she kind of, whatever. You learn about her detransition on YouTube, and then she sends you over to her OnlyFans, and then people steal the pictures from OnlyFans and just put them on the internet. Which is probably about how the world should be. I'm going to jump in here in the middle. Uh, the YouTuber's name is Salty Alty. S-A-L-T-Y-A-L-T-Y. I put a link in the description to a video where she goes through the whole process of transitioning and then detransitioning. Uh, check that out if you can click on it. So this science talk, it makes me think of a couple things. P-hacking and the replication crisis. And 
basically the first one means that there's all sorts of stuff that scientists come up with that's false. And the second one is that when people go and double check to see if scientists are correct, they find out they're wrong. So p-hacking, you can look that up on Google if you want to know more. Like the way you do that is like, you know, say you want to know what food cures cancer. Well, then you get a whole bunch of cancer patients, you get a whole bunch of different types of food, and you just try them all out. And so the first patient, he, try, he eats a bunch of chocolate, and the second patient, he eats a bunch of green curry, and etc. And so scientific journals, basically these are magazines that professors want to get published in, so they can be big dogs. They have a P, it stands for probability, of 1 in 1,000. So basically, you want to you want to you want to come up with a result that is less than a one in a thousand chance that you're wrong. But so a lot of times scientists don't even know they're doing this. I mean, some of them do it to cheat, but a lot of them just don't even know they're doing it because they don't understand stats. But basically, in this cancer example, what you do is you give a thousand types of food, and so just by random chance, one of those foods is going to have like a, a one in a thousand, you know. It's gonna seem it's gonna seem like a miracle, like it's a, there's a one in a thousand chance that chocolate could ever cure this much cancer, and then you know and they don't mention well yeah we tried a thousand different foods and we we didn't tell you about the 999 that didn't work, but so basically you can get amazing results you can get miraculous results if you just try one thing after another until you find the one thing, and that's not legit the way you have to you know. The way to find out if chocolate cures cancer is you have, you can't put chocolate in with 999 other things. You have to say, okay, we're only going to look at chocolate, we're only going to look at cancer, and then you try it out, and of course you find out chocolate doesn't cure cancer. And I'm not sure the exact name, but the other way of uh, you know get, making sure you get an amazing result as a scientist is you stop the study as soon as you get an amazing result. So let's use baseball as an analogy. So baseball has nine innings, and you know each team goes at it, and then whoever wins at the end of nine has a bigger score total wins. But something that scientists can do is like, you know, say you got the Yankees versus the Red Sox, and you're like, who who's better, the Yankees or the Red Sox? And it could be, you know, after three in, innings, the Yankees Yankees are up ten to one against the Red Sox, and so you just, you know, it'd be what they do is they're like, you just stop the game. You're like, look, the Yankees are up ten to one stop the game now obviously the Yankees are the best team and so you know you can do that with science you can you know get yourself some cancer patients and you give some of them Hershey's bars and some of them Snickers bars and after a few months you're like oh my god all the cancer patients who are eating Hershey's are dead you're like up Snickers cures cancer but so obviously that's coincidence and you got to let the thing go out over a longer period Eh, whatever you get the idea and so the other thing is the replication crisis which basically means, you know, people will do these amazing studies that prove that chocolate cures cancer. And then when people go and try and replicate that study, you know, do the same thing themselves to see if they get the same result, the answer is they get a different result. You know, they find out that it was all horseshit. And so that's called the replication crisis. And the reason why that's going on is because if, you know, if you get a PhD in something and you don't want to work at a real job, then you want to be a professor. And so if you want to be a professor, like the first thing you want to do is you want to get your PhD from a very fancy school. That certainly helps. Harvard, for instance. But after that, once you get a job, you got to publish or die. You got to, you got to produce peer-reviewed journal papers constantly. 
and your grad students have to get published also because you know sometimes you write a paper and no one wants to publish it so you gotta you gotta write papers that people want to publish publish or die and so you're trying to get published in a peer-reviewed journal which means that you send it into it's a magazine basically you send it into this science magazine and then there's some scientists like you who look at your thing and make sure that it's not completely wrong and then they'll publish it but the other thing is the magazine wants to publish stuff that is interesting stuff that is sexy and so you you know you could imagine you know you're like oh chocolate cures cancer i mean the magazines are going to want to publish that they're going to put that on the front page i mean that's that's amazing wow chocolate cures cancer you know and maybe someone else does a paper that's like green curry cures cancer and anyways those are sexy articles and they all get published and then someone else will come along and they'll be like you know let's double check on chocolate and green curry and all the other foods that supposedly you know the antioxidants or whatever the blah blah horse shit is Let's double check if those things cure cancer. And so they do a study and they're like, you know what? We did a study on all those things and we could not replicate any of the stuff that they said. In our study, people who ate chocolate died of cancer just as much as people who didn't eat chocolate. Well, the journal magazines, they're not interested in that. That's boring. It's boring to find out. Well, it's boring and it's embarrassing. It's boring to double check stuff that's already been done. And it's embarrassing if you like you publish something that turns out to probably be false. And so right now in America, there are tons of stuff, tons of science things being published all the time that basically are false. And then no one wants to double check them. But obviously, if you want to find out the truth, you got to get out of that dynamic. Twitter handle at Anti-Woke Podcast. And thanks for listening.